This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we are still banned. I continue speaking with Cheryl Klein about adoption and anxiety and so much more. As you may remember, our conversation was so good, we just kept going. Cheryl Klein's column, Hold It Lightly, appears monthly-ish in Mother Magazine, one of our faves. She's also the author of Cry Baby, put out by Brown Paper Press, which is a memoir about wanting a baby and getting cancer instead. You can find out more about Cheryl by going back and listening to last week's episode or, as always, checking out the show notes of this week's show. Now, let's go back to where we left off. Okay, Cheryl, uh, you have been through quite the journey, if I'm going to be like a Hallmark card kind of smug asshole you've been through a journey and you clearly really wanted to have children in your house (laughs) and you went dare i say through hell to get two children in your house therefore you are not allowed to have any mixed feelings (laughs) about the decisions the end no, not the end. For everybody, if you hadn't, go back and listen to last week's show where Cheryl shares with us the incredible journey. Again, I hate fucking saying journey. The incredible, like, Excel spreadsheet of hell process navigating the world of adoption and getting two wonderful kids into her. Oh, thank you. Gabe has just Excel sheet. That's the name of this particular. Yeah, there's the title of the episode. Let's just go ahead and say that. This week, one, <laughs> this week on One Bad Mother, we are back with Cheryl Klein in Excelscape, <laughs> where we talk about anxiety and maybe not always enjoying being a parent, no matter how kids got in our house. Cheryl, I want to talk about anxiety as well as you know, sort of the duality of how we feel about having kids in our house. And I don't really know which one to start with, but I'll I'll say this for the latter. There is a great deal of pressure on female-bodied people traditionally. And I'm 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 hoping that as we expand our our world and how we walk through it, that maybe it'll be less so. But we can start to put put horrible pressure on men, too. Yeah, that would be great because it's, you know, because here we go. I'm about to say it. Moms are supposed to fucking love this. A, women are supposed to become mothers. And two, they're supposed to fucking love every second of it because, quote unquote, you asked for it. Uh, look how look how that line gets to come back and haunt us. No matter no matter what we do, everybody, you asked for it. And so I know that for me, I have been 10 years honest about this on this show. I really have and continue to struggle with what it like the label 
mother. I don't think I even, I don't like being a mom sometimes if that's like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I mean, I, all of that separate from the fact that I love my children and I'm so happy they're in my life. And this is not a show where we have to preface everything we say with that, but the job it did on me and continues to do on me as a self, I really wasn't prepared for or didn't expect. And and it sucks that it keeps becoming a thing, like that every time a new phase happens with kids or with their lives, that I am suddenly like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I want to go into my room and shut my door and listen to loud music and eat garbage and like binge watch television. And I don't care about your emotional well-being. What about mine? Right. And then, you know, you got to shove it all aside and you got to take care of it. But like the world is not set up to say, yeah, we're really cool with that, that you feel that way. Yeah. And I have been really lucky to have hosted this show for so long and talked to so many people about all the different ways, all the different experiences of of trying to get a child in your house and you get them. And I, I, I kind of used to think, it was very easy to think there was only one way, and it was very easy to think that that one traditional way of getting kids in your house is like Partridge Family, sort of Brady Bunch, sort of like Pottery Barn catalog. Look how happy we all are because our house is really white. Yeah. And you're going to love it. Yeah. yeah, and in the Brady Bunch, like, I guess... Both all, oh, all yeah. six of these children had supposedly like lost parents who had yeah, just died, lost, and then they maybe all good, you know, yeah, like, we're all good. I mean, like the the Brady bunch wouldn't be the Brady bunch. Oh my god! Life, and they're all know? supposed to like like each other, like not compete constantly for attention. Yeah. <laughs> just bullshit. Anyway, uh, that show haunts me. I'm like, I. Uh, I mean, constantly they were bringing out big bowls of like celery and fruit at dinner. And I'm like, what is that crudite plate? And everybody's just eating it. Anyway, a lot of misguidance. The point I'm trying to make is if you don't enjoy it, you should feel bad. You're not supposed to because however you got kids in your house, you obviously wanted them there. So shut up and deal with it. I got to imagine. Jen, that that's just amped up to 2000 for you in, in this situation. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I do think that that message is really out there and I'm, I'm grateful to, I mean, two writers I'm thinking of specifically right now are um, Minna Dubbin, who has a book coming out called Mom Rage. That's sort of an expansion <sighs> of a piece she wrote in uh, the New York Times. And yeah. uh, the other one is Jessica Gross, who... Oh, I uh, love Jessica. Yeah. yeah. She's a... Thank God she writes for the New York Times and that yeah. she has got those pieces out there. Yeah. Yeah. And her book, uh, Screaming on the Inside, Inside, which... I mean, I feel like my vibe is more of a screaming on the outside. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it also, I mean, both of them, I think, address in different from different angles and in different styles how... 
you know, we live in a society that puts all the pressure on individuals economically, psychologically, regardless, like across the board. And in motherhood in particular, that is amped up. So it's sort of like, if something's wrong, you did something wrong. Yeah. And oh, by the way, like we're going to have very few social supports and very high expectations. But, you know, on Mother's Day, we'll yeah. take you to a nightmare brunch. Yeah. A stranger will assume, make sweeping assumptions about you because uh-huh. you're a lady and you're going to get some shitty roses from yeah. strangers. Great. All worth it. It is amped up a bit in adoptive parenting. I also personally felt like, I mean, so I didn't come out as queer until I was in my early 20s. It was a very chill experience. Um, You know, like (laughs) I, there were no big homophobes in my life. You know, it felt like I just sort of like, like merged onto that highway quite easily. Um, Yeah. Took my time, but you know, the experience of trying to become a parent did make me a lot Mm. more conscious of sexuality and gender and the expectations that I put on myself around that, the expectations that were, in most cases, not explicitly conveyed to me, but implicitly, you know, whether that was, you know, for example... (laughs) This consultant, the adoption consultant that we worked with that I mentioned, there were a couple people who worked for this consultancy. Two of them were just like utter angels. One of them was a former corporate lawyer and tended to converse like a corporate lawyer. So when I said something about like, you know, having difficulty matching, she was talking well, she had she was saying she was sort of questioning some of the choices that we had made and she was like you're you're opening yourself up to cases that are too expensive look in the, this agency like i'm seeing matches where the total costs are like you know in the four digits but you know they wouldn't they're christian and mostly work with traditional couples so i was just kind of like so what so, are you suggesting yeah so what was helpful about any of that <laughs> like <laughs> We're working with what we have here, you know? (laughs) And so things like that that aren't, I mean, there's plenty of really overt homophobia and transphobia in our country right now. And I was lucky to not encounter that kind of stuff, but definitely a lot of either subtle or even if it's something that doesn't pan out, like with Joey's adoption I knew that the social worker of of his birth father was very um, was a Trump supporter, very fundamental Christian. I mean, I'm, I realize I'm slightly using Christian as a shorthand here, and I, you know, hashtag not all Christians. I know some right. very progressive Christians, but he is not one of them, and he did <laughs> not believe not that one, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not him. <laughs> you know, that he was against same-sex parents. And so, you know, at every step, I was just like, are we going to reach a place where this guy, like, talks him out of Mm. agreeing to this adoption he agrees with? And, you know, fortunately, he didn't, you know. But I think it's it's that experience of, like, walking into a room and not knowing if people are going to be on your side or not, which a lot of people have for so many different reasons, whether it's, you know, race or ability or, you know, just kind of like your 
personality. <laughs> right. I, I make a face, everybody, because I know what my personality is. <laughs> that sort of environment is uh, anxiety-inducing, Yeah. right? So you may not know this, Cheryl, but you have been through quite a few situations that may cause one to be more self-reflective than one would want to be and might lead to some anxiety. And then you throw kids in your house into it, and mm-hmm. that creates some anxiety. And then if you are just prone to anxiety, FYI, you might have some difficult or stressful moments. How how's all that working out? <laughs> I mean, it's nice. It's nice sometimes to hear people like you, like, kind of reflect back. Like, you went through a thing. You went and through a thing, my friend. As, <laughs> as much as my multiple therapists say the same yes. thing, like they're kind of paid to. Yeah. So, because I spend a lot of time being like, "What is my problem?" Like, yeah. everyone's fine. We're safe. We're healthy. We're you know, we have two kids that we wanted desperately, and. Then something inside me being like, uh-huh, and that's when the other shoe drops. Yeah, that's when it all falls apart. So I've, you know, I've learned a lot about trauma. I was first diagnosed with PTSD after uh, the miscarriage that I had. Yeah. And a fun thing that I've learned about trauma is that it, it's almost like this Russian nesting doll where mm. like one thing happens and then another thing happens that's sort of like a trigger for that, but also just sort of like grows this shell around it. And then I don't know, it feels like the opposite of healing sometimes because I felt like, you know, with our failed adoptions, I can like unpack it and be like, yes, that was categorically shitty. But also it reminded me of when the baby was with us for two weeks and then taken away, which reminded me of a miscarriage, miscarriage. which kind of triggered some feelings about when my mom died when I was yeah. in my 20s. And, you know, so it's just, you can kind of go back and back. And I think because in adoption in particular, although in pregnancy too, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of waiting, there's a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of, well, we have to get to this point but don't get our hopes up too much. Right. But don't not get your hopes up because that would be sad and you have to prepare to have a baby. So I think that my brain, which kind of like goes very like obsessive compulsive when I'm in a trauma space, is like, I need data yeah. to tell me if things are okay. You know? And so sometimes that would be like, I need this expectant mother to text me hello or something and then I'll know she's like we're still on for this adoption and I think even having Joey in our house for a year like partly because he was a preemie I mean he he we're very fortunate again I'm like as far as we know yeah well yeah he didn't have any like stuff can just turn up all the time yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't think that was helpful, but go ahead. <laughs> he didn't have any like major like health issues or uh, developmental issues that we know of. And, but I, 
I kept kind of like waiting for this, like, well, when do we know that it's okay and that he's okay? Yeah. You know, like I, I, uh, one of the very wonderful angel adoption consultants when, when he was born and was in the NICU said, you know, I think if he had like a really severe issue, you would probably know about it. And if it's something mild, you know, he'll already be your kid and you'll, you'll tackle it when it comes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so in thinking about that, like having to also, you know, confront my own limitations and my own ableism in saying, hey, there are, there are scenarios where I would be fill in over my head right. by somebody who already has a lot of medical anxiety to like, you know, at the beginning before we had officially matched feeling like, okay, are we, you know, are we ready for like, what? What am I actually yeah. opening up to coming to terms with a lot of a lot of feelings about the kind of life that I want for myself, you know, that like, yeah. am I going to go from this pretty awesome life that we've had with our, our eight year old to something that just looks radically different. And I hope that I would lean into that. That's but, a good question, but like I think most of us don't even think to ask it until it's way too late. And then, you know, it, it, but that is a really important question that, again, I feel should be become a normalized part of conversations. Yeah. So that when when you're considering it or if you have a space to talk about it, if there's constantly space to talk about it, there's, I mean, there's no way to ever know what we don't know. Yeah. But I don't see the harm in making it feel okay to wonder, right? Like, yeah. and, and I think that goes back to sort of that original point of, well, you wanted this, you know, yeah. you, you should love it. And it's just another conversation that we don't encourage because it could, you know, it's like a bad luck. It's like a superstition, right? Like yeah, if, if, I'm so superstitious, even though, you know, <laughs> technically, I don't yeah. believe in any of that stuff. Oh, but you're very, so do you like pass salt hand to hand, throw it over the shoulder, that kind of thing? I, yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then I have also a lot of just sort of self-made superstitions, you know, like it's, it's a lot of, I was one of those kids who had to like announce that I was going to fail every test before I took it. And usually I did fine. <laughs> Um, and that's like, it's not a great way to live. I, you know, I want to be present and know that like being hopeful or like wanting nice things in your life doesn't mean that you are evil and therefore deserve the opposite to happen. Oh, yeah. I'm fun. I'm super fun. That's fun. That's a Mm -hmm. fun place to be. But here's the thing is you aren't the only person who feels that way. You're, whether that's good or bad, again, parenting can be incredibly isolating. And I, I having anxiety, having, I'll raise my hand, depression, having, you know, any of these sort of facets of ourselves is impacted by having kids in your house. It is. I mean, you know, not getting sleep yeah. and not, 
I mean, not being I would, able to I was put fortunate yourself. to yeah. have cancer and a nervous <laughs> breakdown prior to kids because I could sure. sort of like actually make space to take care of myself. And yes, no, now yes. at least I know what that looks like. <laughs> even if I don't really do it. So Right. But that's so true that the space to, you know, every therapist I've had and or especially since kids and that my kids have. Yay for therapy. Um I'm a fan. Talk oh, I'm such a fan. Talk about the like, you know, whether it's a bucket or whether it's a cup or whether it's a hat full of socks, whatever it is, <laughs> that if it gets too full, when it's full all it takes is one little thing. And then that yeah. spills everything out. And so yeah. we're supposed to be emptying little bits of our cup throughout the day. And uh, I have yet to find a consistent way to do that because it is really hard. Yeah. We are not set up to do that. And I think we create a lot of very reasonable excuses of very little kids. Okay, now I've got, you know, uh, toddlers. Now I've got, like, there's something, now I'm constantly running, driving kids here and there. Or this has just come up in our life. Or this has come up with work. Or we've had this loss in our family. Or we've had, and I know for me, if there's one thing that I bring up in the discussions with my husband all the time is it's the consistency. Like I cannot find a consistent way to empty that bucket. And you have a very full bucket. I mean, you came, you came loaded with the bucket, my friend, like you, <laughs> you were born with a bucket. It sounds like. And I don't I, know. I, I, sometimes I feel like I just created a bucket, oh, you know, we all create and then... a bucket. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah. Is it warm at least? <laughs> Is there warm water in there at least? There's, there's like a co- that coziness to it. A bucket, um, yeah. Yeah. But it would probably be very cozy if it was empty and you could like <laughs> put some like Christmas lights in there and I like know. some pillows. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be so cozy. <laughs> I, I think that I I feel like the kind of like classic, oh, I'm just overloaded model is like yeah, I have all these things going on in my life. And then I yell at another driver or oh, like sure. a customer service person or whatever. And realize like, oh, well, it's really because, you know, my like grandparent is ill or something like sure. that. And I think I almost do the opposite where like I can have a super busy day and then, you know, maybe something breaks or I mean, like I got in a fender bender recently, which was partly because I was yeah. A distracted driver oh, because sure. I was busy worrying about something else. Yeah. So uh, that's the irony, I guess. And instead of being like, oh, I feel unsafe and overwhelmed because all these small things have added up and I haven't gotten enough sleep and da da da. I'm like, I can know those things are true, but I'm like, I feel this way in my body. Therefore, something horrible must be happening or must be oh. about to happen. <laughs> I have to kind of remind myself that if I can make my body comfortable, if I can kind of take Mm. a pause, then the thing that the terrible thing might seem a little less likely. Yeah. And that's probably easy. Yeah. How's that? Is that sounds like super easy. Sure. I just say, Hey kids. Yeah. I can't make you a third (laughs) mini pizza. 
I'm I gotta I gotta go chill out now. I gotta go chill out. I gotta go make myself a mini pizza. Yeah. You understand empathy, don't you, young children? That's just like a natural thing that just comes naturally. Yeah, yeah no, it doesn't. Okay. How just for fun, because let's just do part two just for fun, our anxieties. Because did you feel like your anxieties were lessening with your first child as they got older and you felt like there was some grip on it and then a baby came into your house and then that all went out because like when mine were like little I I mean you know I would like to say that I didn't make outside climbers okay my kids aren't climbers but very well that could be on me oh what (laughs) You know, like, I just could never understand the Uh, mentality of, like, let them fall. I was like, as my mother said, if I'm standing right there, I'm not going to let you fall. Now, right, so, like, could have been a little nature, a little nurture, not sure. But they're (laughs) they're all right. They're all right. But I had to really work through this process of what is honestly the worst thing that's going to happen right now. Like, like for real, for real. Not like, not like. Honestly, the worst thing that could happen is you know, yeah. horrible like I never, things. I never use the phrase like worst case scenario yeah. in an unqualified way because I'm right. like, well, well, I can come up you. with a lot of but ways. There's wor- worst probable case right. scenario. Worst probable case is yeah. we're going to eat those front teeth, right? Yeah. We're going to knock them right out. We're going to fall teeth related yeah. for me. It began, and I'm like, because so many kids actually do knock their teeth out all the time. And I'm like, all right, so that that could be... And I think I could handle that. Yeah. So yes, go run. I don't know. They don't even climb trees. All right, everybody. I really failed on some level. <laughs> <laughs> like having adventure things. I'm like, I don't know. Wear socks in the kitchen. So tell me. And I will say the first one I got through. The first one I was proven right a lot of times. I was like, she is going to fall down. Bam. Seven. She's going to. Bam. No, seven. There. No. Bam, she has no center of gravity. Bam, right? The other one could fall, take a fall pretty well. So, yeah, how'd that work out for you? How's your anxiety level? <laughs> well, you know, I I think because Dash's entry into our lives came on the heels of some really difficult things, yeah. but was itself really sort of charmed, that I surprised everyone including myself by being like a comparatively relatively chill (laughs) mom you know just sort of being like you know he's doing things his way yeah when he needs to he you know I'm not gonna like sweat every little sniffle they say that you relax the more children you have but like like you indicated that was has not been true in my case because yeah. of everything that happened in between and because of like the circumstances of Joey's entry into this yeah. world. And I have a lot of guilt about that because I feel sometimes like, oh, I did a bait and switch to Cece, who was pleasantly surprised by what a like chill mom I was with Dash. <laughs> and then she must be like, what, <laughs> what did I get <laughs> myself <happened>? into? <laughs> But fortunately, she's very fond of Joey, and so she has no regrets. <laughs> Good. Somebody somebody needs to have no regrets in this house. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you manage it? I mean, mm. do you, like, 
because I, I know for a fact you are not the only person in the world who's dealing with this. Yeah. How do you currently, because I'm sure it evolves, um, how are you dealing with it right now? Currently, I have a therapist who I've known for like 20 years, which is pretty amazing. Amazing. And that's just a gift. And he's never allowed to move or yeah. let alone die. Yeah. He's very healthy. Um, <laughs> and I also started doing EMDR. So I have another therapist for yeah. that. Um, EMDR is, as I understand it in my very like layperson's way, is using what they call bilateral stimulation, which can be like eye movements or tapping or holding these little like buzzers in your hands. It, you kind of work through traumatic memories or sometimes like just negative thinking processes to sort of try to file them in the appropriate places in your brain. If you have a brain that has, is continually in like, I'm being chased by a lion mode. It helps you understand that like you were chased by a lion once maybe even twice. Maybe there was one time you were actually being chased by a rabbit, but you thought it was a lion. Yeah. But now we don't want you to think that every like rustle in the grass is a lion. So understand that that happened in the past. It's, you know, all the way that it's, it's trying to kind of like rewire your brain's faulty survival mechanisms, as I understand it. And I've been doing that for maybe like 10 months. And I do think it helps. Uh, there are people in my life who are like, weren't you doing that thing? Did it work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I got a lot. <laughs> a um, lot of lions. <laughs> I'm also a fan of Effexor, <laughs> my antidepressant of yes. choice. Oh, and yeah. uh, Ativan and um, and writing. Those are yeah. kind of my, my things. And a handful of friends that I like, text my catastrophizing fears to you um, who who help talk me down or walk me through it so good job but that's good that's a good job those are you know that <laughs> it feels so nice to have somebody say good job because I just feel like I'm constantly <laughs> failing and at every moment that verse. I'm like well we got through that I'm like oh no there's this <laughs> no no if you're doing a good job taking Love care it. of yourself even though it probably feels like you're not, but you are. And you have been through and done a lot. And it is a lot. And it continues to be a lot. And it's, you know, the question we raise here all the time is, how is anybody doing anything ever? And the answer is, they're not. They they just aren't. And so, like, we just got to Stop yeah. thinking that they are and just, you know, yeah, not some days, help. <laughs> yeah, some days the days are just getting up, doing it, going to yeah. sleep and getting up and doing it again. And that's the best Amen. we yeah. can do. Everybody, I am so glad we've gotten to talk to Cheryl over the course of two shows. That is how epic this conversation was. There was a lot to talk about and there's still so much more to talk about. We're going to link everybody up to where you can find Cheryl's writing. You can also follow her on Twitter at Cheryl E. Klein, L-A. Again, we'll have a tab for you to poke to make life easier because all of us are too tired to write things down. Cheryl, you're doing a really great job and I appreciate you being willing to talk about all of it. 
because I, I just see you. Well, I appreciate you being willing to uh, talk about it at great length. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a joy. Like I said, I love, I love the show. And so it was a real gift to be on it. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you, Gabe, too. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Miracle Made. Oh, honey, did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? Yes, I can. As a woman with two children going through perimenopause and uh, sleeping with a man who is a sauna. Well, Miracle Made makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash badmother. If you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our code badmother at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you will get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash badmother to treat yourself to a free towel set and over 40% off. Hey, Sydney, you're a physician and the co-host of Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, right? That's true, Justin. Is it true that our medical history podcast is just as good as a visit to your primary care physician? No, Justin, that is absolutely not true. Uh, However, our podcast is funny and interesting and a great way to learn about the medical misdeeds of the past, as well as some current not-so-legit healthcare fads. So you're saying that by listening to our podcast, people will feel better. Sure. And isn't that the same reason that you go to the doctor? Well, uh, you could say that, but... And our podcast is free? Yes, it is free. You heard it here first, folks. Sawbones, Merrill Tour of Misguided Medicine, right here on Maximum Fun, just as good as going to the doctor. No, no, no. Still not just as good as going to the doctor, but but pretty good. It's up there. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206 206- Three five zero nine four eight five. Genius fail time. Because of all of the special circumstances of a two-part show, today, Stefan is joining me for the Genius Fail segment of the show. Hello, Stefan. Hello, Biz. I've got to go first. Genius. We went to a restaurant. <gasps> yes. Right? So, okay. So it's a, it's we, a big deal. So, Stefan's birthday... Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. We decided that we would go to this pizza place that I had stopped by at some point in time and thought, oh, this would be a great place if we were a family that went out to eat at places. If we all agreed on food. If we all agreed on food and could actually just be in public. Uh." Well, Stefan said we should try it. So we went, brought my dad, brought the kids. Everybody had like a little something to draw on and Ellis had a book to look at. But to be perfectly honest, the win was this pizza place made Ellis a personal pan pizza that was just sauce. It was crust and sauce, no cheese, no nothing. 
and Ellis proclaimed at the top of their lungs that this was the best pizza they'd ever had. And Stefan and I had like a beer, and everybody had Cokes, and we had pizza and it was like it was it was stunning because we have never in the history of having children in our house had that experience 14 and at the same years time, in not a big deal like the yeah. least big deal of any things right we like yeah. you went out and had a pizza at yeah. a restaurant no one high-fived us on the way out nobody nobody acknowledged but our i success. did i went ellis went up and told the people at the behind the counter that he really liked the pizza and i said i really like the fact that this is the first time we've ever done this as a family thank you for making that pizza <laughs> i really also enjoyed ellis going up to the counter and being like can I order off menu? Oh, it was adorable. So, yes, yeah, so the genius was we <laughs> had a pizza at a restaurant and all had a good time. And then we left all together. And then, yeah, we left all together. So that was a bonus. Yeah. So, amazing. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. God, that's fucking genius. Now, Stefan. Yes. Genius me. Oh, God, I don't... Wait. Yeah, of course you... I know you're here for a fail, yes. but you need... Oh, boy. Oh, no, oh, no. oh, boy, he's here for a fail. Come on, you got a genius. A, a, a genius. I have I have a suggestion. Yeah, go ahead and give me a suggestion. You... We're about to go... Oh, yes. On, on a, something on a, on a, that you have planned. On a trip. Yes. We have actually, so we were originally supposed to go on this trip um, July of 2020. Yeah. That, that to tri- Sweden. That, that trip did not happen. Didn't happen. No. Something like a little pandemic. My mother in April of that year was optimistically like, I'm sure this trip will happen anyway. Uh, and no, no it, it, nope. it did not. No. Uh, but now we are all going. It is a massive undertaking. It is a week in one place and then two weeks of road tripping the entire time with children who barely tolerate being in cars for more than an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe this is a fail in the making. No, but here's the... Ge- but Okay, but the genius is that I've actually planned out yes. the whole thing. We are going to do fun things. We have beautiful places to go and stay. Mm-hmm. We have uh, fun stops to go look at. We see are, a castle. We're going to see a castle ruin. Ooh. We're going to go see some glass being blown. Ooh. We're going to see a warship from 1628. Ooh, we're going to see a theme park. There's me two. Two theme, and two theme parks. we're staying at a hotel yes. that is in a, like, animal, like in a zoo. Yes, there, 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 there is, right, there's a, uh, there's a <laughs> animal theme park called Kualmordan, which I've never been to, but they have a beautiful little cliffside hotel mm. that's there. So, yeah. so we're actually, okay, so not only are we going to go in a restaurant, but we are going to go on a vacation <laughs> yeah. for maybe the first time really ever. Let's let's pretend that the pizza restaurant was like the canary the in the run. coal mine yes. and the canary lived happily ever after. Okay. And I, I am predicting we're all going to come out in the end of it and be like, we did it. We're a family that goes on vacation and does a thing. Good job. Hi, this is a genius. My four-year-old and her friends love sending video messages to each other, which is really cute. Um, They can't read, and so they'll just send these videos to random people in my contacts, which is really cute also, but not the point. So what I did was I just went in and updated all of my friends' 
contact with pictures of their children so that my daughter can easily just go in and send video messages to her friends by selecting who she wants to send it to. Um, and also makes my text message thread just a lot cuter because it's just a bunch of pictures of adorable children now. <laughs> um, and that's all. You're welcome. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Bye. And this is genius. That is genius. This is a tech genius moment. I am the worst at updating, like, contact information or pictures or whatever. And if you know your kid's going to use the phone, I mean, you could get even, like, more. You could push this in so many different directions. I'm just thinking about my phone, which has contacts from, like, 15 years. Oh, yeah. And, people I definitely don't Don't want videos to be sent to, for instance. Oh, there's a bunch of people that would not be cute. To, to get if to. my if they got a thing of my kids, but you are doing an amazing job, and that is genius. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Well, I have no fails this week. I'm sure. Do I have any fails? Certainly not. I do. I have any fails? Uh, no. Uh, None. Let's see. We packed. We are in this rental house. There's. People around. I almost prob- have enough cat food for the cats. Almost have enough cat food before we go. Um, no, I mean, you're doing great. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm going to discover my fail when I finish packing for this trip. Oh, yes. When, when we, or when we get to yeah, yeah. our destination and we sure. unpack, that's and then, where we figure out yeah, that I failed. That you packed a steak. Maybe I finally, maybe I'll pack diapers. <gasps> <laughs> Guys, I'm doing a great job. Uh, screw it. I would really like us to focus on Stefan's fail. I, I, I have a horrible fail. This is a horrible fail. Which, which, which is an outgrowth of a wonderful genius, which is that for the past decade yeah. plus. Decade plus. Every single Sunday, I have made pancakes. Yes. It's, it, it started out as pancake movie mornings, mm-hmm. and we would watch a movie, and we would eat pancakes. Mm-hmm. And this was all With great. With the kids. With the kids, yes. Not just, not just me and Biz. I wish. Well, I mean, you still get pancakes. I still get pancakes. Anyway. Uh, but Katie Bell, at some point, abandoned the pancakes, just wasn't getting up early enough, and then decided that they didn't like pancakes. And mm. that's fine. But it was a little sad. A little sad. But Ellis has always been into the pancakes. Always. Has just been like, these pancakes are delicious. Papa, you make the best pancakes. It's and... one of the only foods they eat. Exactly. And... It has remained on the list. We've consistently done it. We go, we go on vacation or we go, go somewhere. Pancakes still get made, right? Uh, about two months ago, mm. Ella started saying that the pancakes tasted sour. There would be a, they would get a bite and they would violently spit out that <laughs> pancake and be like, the, the sour part, gross, <laughs> is terrible. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know what's happening. And then that would increasingly be like, like, Papa, do not make those sour pancakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and now, now, every- now, now he's just so traumatized by the fact that there was a sour bite somehow in the pancake that uh, we'll no longer eat the pancakes. They always taste sour, sour to him. Now. Exactly. And so now pancakes, after a decade plus of being a cute family fun thing yeah. that I was like, this is a way that I show that I like my family. <laughs> Uh, is dead. Yeah. How dare you try to make a tradition and or 
make delicious pancakes. They're pretty good. I oh, make they're really fucking good, great really good pancakes. They're not sour. I still get pancakes. Yeah, you get the pancakes I get and the a pancakes. cappuccino on Sunday morning. That's right. I do. It's nice. But, uh, and I will never tell you that they are sour. The only thing sour is me. Ow! How Snap. dare you? I know. I want another lovely show calling with a fail. We are off on our first vacation in like three and a half years, thanks to the pandemic. We've got our three-year-old and our six-year-old packed tightly in their car seats behind us. We're about three and a half hours on the road, an eight-hour trip. Everything's going swimmingly until I suddenly realize, oh, no, we forgot linens for the beds that we're going to be in. We're like, uh, okay, well, we can go to Walmart or whatever different places. Then I go, wait, I never packed my bag. So all of my shirts, all of my shorts, all of my underwear, all of my bras, all of my stuff, all the stuff I need to be a human while we were out and about on our vacation is still sitting in our bedroom three hours behind us at home. And we cannot turn around and add six hours onto our trip to go get my bag. That is just not an option. And it would cost way too much to ship it. So you know what? I thank goodness for my partner because he said everything is replaceable and we're going to stop by an Old Navy. We're fortunate enough to just be able to go do that. And I'm going to get a couple tank tops and a couple pairs of shorts, and that's going to be that. Especially, I was smart enough to pack our our bathing suits in a separate bag, so at least we have those because I can't imagine anything more stressful than trying to just find a bathing suit on top of a hat. Anyway. I'm doing a terrible job, but at least we remember to bring the kids. Um, Thanks for the show. You're doing an awesome job. Bye. Okay. This, wow. There are, like, the, the failure is thinking you could go on a vacation and that you would in any way play a significant role as a self, right? Like, actually, I think forgetting all your stuff at home really was the universe reminding you that you will be still washing dishes and still doing laundry and still carrying all the water bottles potentially on the it's a trip yeah it's still still a trip (laughs) that wow yeah that how dare you i feel like i've definitely done this before oh it's you know what and And then you can resent those vacation clothes forever it's like a real slap in the face that everybody else has all their stuff but you which again is the failure that you thought you were a you (laughs) you are not a self oh well you are the greatest mom i've ever known i love you i love you when i Hi, I'm Ketchup. And I'm Socks. And I'm Ball Bearings. And I'm Pigeons. And I'm Water Towers. And I'm 
cardboard? Surprise, we're actually humans. Humans making a podcast about those kinds of topics. Because those are real episode topics on the podcast, secretly incredibly fascinating. That's a podcast where we take ordinary seeming things like ketchup and socks and cardboard and bring you the little known history and science and stories that make those things secretly incredibly fascinating. Secretly incredibly fascinating. The title of the podcast. Hear the back catalog anytime and hear new amazing episodes every Monday at MaximumFun.org. All right, everybody. Let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. This is a breakdown. Um, I took my kids to a $3 matinee today. We saw Lyle Lyle Crocodile. And we didn't even make it through the whole thing. And, like, uh, it feels like the fill. Like, and I'm disappointed because I just wanted something to count on this summer that would be cheap and wouldn't require a lot of energy. But my three-year-old, like, he wouldn't stay in one spot. And then... My four-year-old, like, freaked the fuck out when Lyle gets shot with a drank dart. And, like, then I felt so bad because (laughs) I hadn't seen the movie. And uh, I don't know. So she asked to leave. And so we left, and they were both fine. Like, she was fine. She saw that Lyle was okay and that – but, like, I didn't even – I didn't even think about, like – ow, that would come after her, and so I, like, I feel like shit for not, for seeing this in a movie that I hadn't seen, but I just, it was only $10 for the three of us to go, but it's, like, I really thought that I would have this also for the next five weeks, but, like, I can't, I can't handle taking them there again, and, like, and on the way out, somebody told me I was doing an awesome job, and I just, like, I was already on the verge of tears, and... I, like, that mom was, like, so amazing, and I don't think she has any idea how much that meant, but, like, I just, I feel like a total failure, and I just wanted something to go well, because the summer is long, and it is hard, and I wanted to count on this, and I can't. Thank you. Okay, you are doing such a good job. Let's just start with the fact that it is summer, and yeah. Many of us are damned. It's like the title of the show, especially with you a one and a three-year-old. That that is a really hard summer. That is just that is a hard scenario. So let's all just stop and know that you are doing such a remarkable job. Okay, because that's. That's already an impossible situation to be in. Going to a movie is such a great idea. I feel like I was a genius this year for thinking I could do it with Ellis, some, who doesn't go to camps. Uh, And I, oh, we could go sit in the cool air, blah, blah, blah. And when it doesn't work out, yeah, I totally understand that feeling of failure you know because it's just that epitome of this is supposed to be easy I'm gonna go to a movie with my kids right like that's so that is supposed to be easy and and when it's not it's a sock in the gut and the oh the Lyle Lyle with the tranquilizer I I 
I'm not sure if I've shared this, but I want you to not feel alone. So Ellis respond. Ellis is nine and still responds that way to anything happening to an animal or something weaker. I mean, could not watch the dinosaur documentary on Apple TV because it started with baby dinosaurs swimming across the ocean and like we all knew they were about to get eaten and just like that was it. But we were doing the Minions, right? Like one of those grew one of those movies, maybe the second one in which Gru has a nemesis that makes a chemical that I guess makes him super strong and he puts the chemical, he tests it on a rabbit. Now, this was, what, 15 minutes into the movie? And the rabbit turns into like a raging monster that beats the crap out of that villain. But movie was over. We were still, and not only did we stop watching that movie and Ellis was inconsolable for a while, and this was just this year, we can no longer watch any of the Minion Brew movies ever, all tainted. <laughs> okay, so I, I get to feel like a failure because you can't watch every movie before you show it to your kids. You just have to trust that it may work out, but that it doesn't always <laughs> doesn't always work out and that like awareness is I think what like is heartbreaking right you just want to be able to go and do a thing and maybe you got one kid who can do it but the other kid really can't and you know it means that we are going to have beautiful empathetic caring kind children in the world who do not want to see weaker beings hurt and that is wonderful that is something that sits side by side why can't we have anything nice why can't we just go to a fucking three dollar movie and it's la la crocodile for god's sakes it could like it feels like the universe was out to get you of course you're upset it's la la crocodile my god so all of that is to say <laughs> that you are absolutely not alone and that that feeling of complete defeat and failure yeah i yeah of course of course that's how you feel but it's not true so i mean it's true in the sense that you're feeling that way but it's not true you did a good job there was no way to know that was going to happen and I feel like we should start, like, in the One Bad Mother universe that is Facebook communities and subgroups, we should start a, okay, here's the movie, and these are the things that upset my child. So that people could go in and read it and be like, oh, that would upset my child as well. Because I got a long list of those movies, my friends. So somebody tag me on that, and we will use that as a resource. And what's also hard is sometimes you don't know what your kid's going to respond to. I didn't know that my kid was going to respond to being given a bunny graham cookie and then bursting into tears when they were three years old because it was a bunny. And the thought of eating it is like, how are you supposed to know that? You are doing a good job. Summer is a type of hell that some of us live in 
for three months. And I see you, you're not alone, and you're doing an amazing job. Everybody, you're all doing an amazing job. Look, it's summer. In fact, I am in the process of trying to go with my family to Sweden. So we'll be playing a few reruns, and we're going to be dropping a bonus episode for all of you guys. But I mean, that's going to be a long plane ride. I, I don't know, like, out, it's been a long time since we've done any kind of trip like that. Well, we've never done a trip like this. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to be that family plugged in throughout the entire trip. And I say good for us. So I say good for you. Whatever you're doing, getting through the summer, whether you have babies, whether you have toddlers, whether you have that weird age between toddler and tween that's like... Uh, I don't even know what to call that. Or you have teenagers who want nothing to do with you, but also do not want to be left alone so you could go do something. Whatever it is. <laughs> I see you. You're not alone. Do what works for you and your family. No one is judging you. I promise. Because they are all too busy hiding in their bathroom. I will talk to you guys when I get back from Sweden. In the meantime, let's belly up to the low bar with some old summer favorites. I, in fact, I think I'm going to go and pull the one in which I'm in Alabama and I'm crying the entire time. That was a good one. Classic. Classic OBM. And I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. <laughs>